For those of you who don't know, or for those that are new here today, my name is David Herbert. I'm the youth minister here. And uh, I'm preaching in place of Sean Cornett, our minister, who's actually on vacation in Florida right now. So he gets back tomorrow, so pray for him to get, have a, have a safe, safe trip back. Um, but we're still going to continue on with the sermon series that he's been doing. The sermon series has been on evangelism. And today we're going to be talking about missed opportunities. It's going to be from, if you want to look it up, it's going to be from Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. Acts chapter 8, 26 through 39. But to start off with, best way to start any message, best way to start any sermon is to talk to God. So let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you right now. I want to thank you so much for just giving, giving us the opportunity to, uh, to learn your word and to, to study your word. And, and Lord, just to hear who you are and hear of your love for us. Lord, guide us in our lives. Open, open the, the, the ears of everyone here that they just listen to your word and listen to your message coming through me, Lord. Lord, guide us and keep us safe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The purpose of First Christian Church is to love God, love others, and spread the gospel. Today's, today's sermon is going to be on missed opportunities. You know, some years ago at a resort area along the East Coast, a small community was having an open town meeting about some financial problems that they were facing. Among the two dozen or so people was this one man that no one seemed to really know, who was apparently visiting the area and had happened to just drop in on this meeting. He started to, take a mo- he started to talk, um, he started to make a comment once as various projects were considered, but he was interrupted. So for the rest of the time, he kind of kept still and he actually left a little bit early. Just as he went out, someone arriving late came in and and said breathlessly, what was he doing here? Is he going to help us? The rest of them said, what are you talking about? Who was that man? The person that just arrived said, you mean you didn't know? That was John D. Rockefeller. His yacht is in our harbor. Didn't you get his help? In despair, someone said, no, we didn't get his help. We didn't even know who he was. Have you guys ever kicked yourself in the seat of the pants because you missed a golden opportunity? I think most of us can relate to this. You know, in Colossians 3.17, it says this. Whatever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. You see, God's given us an opportunity. An opportunity to study his word, the Bible, and share it through our words and our actions with everyone we know. But let's face it, sometimes that's really hard. I know it was for me. Now, as most of you know, I grew up in Arizona. And growing up, I had opportunity after opportunity to tell my non-Christian friends about God. But a lot of times, I let those opportunities pass me by because I didn't know what to say. You know, they knew I was a Christian. I mean, most of my friends knew my dad was a minister and that I was a Christian. They knew it through my actions. But I missed out on the times that I could have told them about God and the relationship that I have with him. You know, see, every day we miss an opportunity to make a positive difference in someone's life. We miss an opportunity to be a blessing to someone who's hurting. We miss an opportunity to witness to a lost friend. We miss an opportunity to get a certain job because we weren't prepared. We miss an opportunity to minister to our spouse or our children because we were just too preoccupied. We miss an opportunity to make an eternal difference in a person's life because we didn't seize the opportunity. 
has an opportunity ever knocked on your door and you were just so caught up in other things or so caught up in the moment that it slipped through your fingers? You know, I'm convinced that that's happened to each and every one of us. But I pray that we'd wake up to the opportunities around us. Andy Stanley, who's a minister at North Point Community Church in, in Georgia, made this statement in his book, Visioneering. He said, we don't need to pray for more miracles. We just need to be more sensitive to the opportunities that God brings our way. You know, how many of you have had times that you could have told your friends, your coworkers, or your family about God, but ended up not doing it because you either didn't know what to say, or you're afraid that when you told them, they'd reject what you tell them. Well, today I want to help you out with this by giving you three simple words that will make it easier to share God's faith, to get, share God's relationship that you have with Him. These three words, these three steps to witnessing are pray, pursue, and persuade. You know, pray, pursue, and persuade. It's just that easy. Now let me tell you about them. You know, first is pray. Samuel Chadwick, who was a minister in the 1890s, he once said this, One concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing of prayerless studies, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. You see, to reach out to others, to reach out to others for Christ, we need to be praying for them. We need to pray, be praying that God will give us these opportunities to talk to others about him. It says in, in Acts 26 through 29, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important, uh, important official in charge of the treasury of Candace, who was the queen of the Ethiopians. That, this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was, seating, was, sit, was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, Philip is the ultimate example of how to pray, pursue, and persuade. You see, he was constantly aware of God's presence and let God lead him where he could be used. You know, when we pray, God's pre when we pray for God to use us and tell others about him, he will. You know, Satan trembles, trembles when we pray because consistent prayer creates constant opportunities for Christ. See, God doesn't need our ability. God needs our availability. The next piece of this strategy is pursue. You know, you need to pursue your unsaved friends. Sometimes we're tempted to think that maybe, maybe I shouldn't tell my friends, my family, my coworkers about God because I might just offend them. Or maybe it just isn't the right time. Well, let me ask you guys a question. When is the right time? When is the right time to tell others about God? If we keep waiting for that right time, it's never going to happen. We need to be courageous and actively pursue our friends, our family, and our coworkers so that we can tell them the most important thing that they're ever going to know. And that's who Jesus is and what he did for us. You know, if we go back to the second part of the story of Philip, it says this. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and, and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How could I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip, he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. 
the eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who, who is this prophet talking about? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Now here Philip seizes an opportunity. He sees this opportunity. He grows for it. And that's exactly what we need to do. Be bold and courageous about telling others about God. Because you never know. You might be the only one that he or she hears it from. So we talked about the first step, praying. We talked about the second step, pursuing. Now we're going to talk about this third and final step, which is persuading. Now, can you guys remember a time in your life that, that you changed your mind because of something that someone else, someone else told you? I have. Now, if, if one thing you have to know before I tell you this story is that I can be very, very stubborn. If you guys know me, you probably already know that. But um, if, I, if I think something is right, it's going to take a lot to convince me that it's not. And one thing that comes to mind growing up is that I hated trying things. I despised trying things. If it was a, if it was a brand new food that I didn't know, I wouldn't eat it. <laughs> I had convinced myself that if I tried it, I wouldn't like it. And so I just never tried anything. You know, my parents, they tried and tried to persuade me that I would like all this other food, but I never believed them. And that comes to this story. I had convinced myself that I hated turkey. Yeah, I know, it's kind of bland. And yeah, but I convinced myself, you know, I, it was something new. I, did, I didn't want to try it, so I just didn't like it. Then came Thanksgiving. And my parents brought out turkey, and of course I said, nope, nope, not for me. So they brought the turkey in the back room, somewhere that I couldn't see it, put turkey on a different plate, brought it out to me and told me it was chicken, and I ate it all. <laughs> I wasn't that smart, okay? <laughs> but the thing is, and another story that comes to mind is, how many of you guys have ever been to a buffet? Uh, okay, you enjoy buffets, I understand. Keller, you like eating? I know. Um, thing is, at a buffet, usually at a buffet, you see all the all this great, wonderful food, and above it has little um, has the words of what it, what it usually is. Well, I went and got this great piece of steak, or at least I thought it was steak. I brought it back, you know, ate it all, loved it. Going back for seconds, my mom looks at me and says, "You like that? You like that liver, don't you?" Excuse me, <laughs> it, it's steak. No, no, that's liver. No, no, it's steak. It says right there. No, it's liver. I liked it. It was good. And, you know, if, if my parents hadn't tricked me into eating some of these new things and, and me finding out that I actually liked them, none of this would have happened. You know, I, because, I, because my parents did trick me into eating these new things, I loved it. And from that, start, that time on, I ended up trying new things. You see, if my parents hadn't persuaded me to try something new, I wouldn't have known what I was missing. Same goes for your friends, your family, and your coworkers. 
if you don't persuade them to at least hear who God is, they won't know what they're missing. They won't be able to experience God's love in their life. Now take, for example, this last part of Philip's story. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And, and they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered, I said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he gave the order to stop the chariot. And then both both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again. But he went on his way, rejoicing. You see, Philip believed. Philip truly believed that persuading someone out of their mistaken beliefs is very possible. And so should we. So there you have it. Pray, pursue, and persuade. The three steps to witnessing. It's a very easy way to tell others about God through your words and through your actions. So now let me challenge you. Challenge you to use it. And in Matthew 28, 18-20, it says this. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded them. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And just so you guys know, this section of Matthew is called the Great Commission. It's not called the Great Suggestion. See here, this, what's said in Matthew is the last command of Jesus to his disciples And ultimately to us. He told us to go and tell everyone we know about him. And let them know what it means to follow him and build a relationship with him. Because that's ultimately what everything's about, isn't it? I mean, if we go back to the very beginning, God created us to be with him. That's how it was made. If we look in the very beginning with Adam and Eve, God walked with them, talked with them. He was in the garden with him. He, he wanted that relationship with them, and they wanted the relationship back with him. But because of something that happened back then and something that continues to happen now, sin, we've been separated from God. We've been separated from that relationship that God made for us. And, we ha- and because we've been separated, we have this emptiness inside of us. We have this feeling inside of us that something's not right. So we try everything we can to get it back. We try, you know, looking in in other temptations. We try looking in, in other things. But we can never find that relationship. We can never find that thing, that that emptiness, because anything to fill that emptiness, because we can't do it alone. But God knows that. And God wants that relationship back with us too. And so he did the thing that he knew he can do that we can't do. He sent his son. Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. To die for our sins and be raised on the third day. He paid that price for us. He paid that price so that we can now have that relationship back with God. And all we have to do, we have to believe in Him, believe the things He tells us, do the things He tells us, live our lives the way He wants. It's not that much. (laughs) For everything that God's done for us, 
that is a very little thing that we have to do. And if we do that, if we believe in him, if we get baptized in his name, we will have eternal life. We will be able to spend eternity, live forever with God. In his presence, basking in his glory, being able to, to just see who he is and what he went and feel that love that he has for us. I don't know about you, but I know where I'm going. I know that I'm going to spend forever with God. I know that, that when I die, I'm going to heaven. But I also know this. Before I die, while I'm here on this earth, God commands me to do one thing. And that's to spread his gospel. To tell everybody, anybody and everybody that will hear who he is, his love for us, and, and how to build a relationship with him. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell anybody and everybody that will hear. I'm going to tell everybody in, in this congregation. I'm going to tell everybody in this town, this city, this nation. Anybody that will hear me. I'm going to tell how great a relationship I have with God and how they can get it as well. You see, when, when I die, this is what I want to picture heaven like. crystal sea I heard the angels singing and someone called your name I turned and saw this young man and he was smiling as he came he said friend you may not know me now and then he said but wait you used to teach my Sunday school when I was only eight. And every week you would say a prayer before the class would start. One day when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart. time a missionary came to your church and his pictures they made you cry you didn't have much money but you gave it anyway and Jesus took that gift you gave 
that's why I'm here today. Thank you for giving to the Lord. And I have a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you One by one they came, as far as the eye could see. Each life somehow touched by your generosity. Little things that you had done, sacrifices made. Unnoticed on the earth, in heaven now proclaimed. Now I know up in heaven You're not supposed to cry I was almost sure There were tears in your eyes Jesus took your hand And you stood before the Lord He said, my child, look around you For great is your reward giving to the Lord and I am a life that was changed thank you for giving to the Lord I am so So what opportunities do you have? What, are, what opportunities do you have to share God's word? What opportunities do you have to share his love with us, with everybody else? What opportunities do you have to be a part of God's family? You know, every, every week we, we give you guys that opportunity. We give you the opportunity to become part of God's family. To believe in him and to be baptized into him. During this next song, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to give you that opportunity. We're also going to give you an opportunity. If you, maybe you already have accepted Christ. Maybe you already have been, been baptized into him. But you've never been a member of this church. 
during this next song, this is your chance to come forward and have that opportunity as well. Or maybe you just need to talk to someone. Maybe you just need to, to pray with someone. After, during this next song or, or after, after, after this next song, come talk to me. Come talk to Bob. Come talk to one of the elders here at this church. We'd love to talk with you, to pray with you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We praise your name and, we, and, and everything that we do, Lord, we, we want to thank you. Lord, be with us. And Lord, give us those opportunities. Give us those opportunities to share who you are with everybody, Lord. Give us those opportunities to know you and to know the love that you have for us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.